You are listening to What in the Horror with your host Lando and Tim. Well, welcome back to yet another episode of What in the Horror with your host Lando and Tim. Today we will be reviewing Mandy from 2018 and Willie's Wonderland from 2021. So since it's Tim's turn to go first, we'll go with Mandy from 2018. Take it away, dipshit. The film begins with a bizarre text. It reads, When I die, bury me deep. Lay two speakers at my feet. Wrap some speakers around my head and rock and roll me. Yes, it's it, um, whatever. <laughs> That's how it starts. At this point, I'm confused, but it's okay. Uh, it opens with a scene of a lumberjack named Red Miller, Nicholas Cage, working on the forest, working the forest before leaving in a helicopter. And it turns, he turns, turns to uh, show off his wife, Mandy, Andrea Riseborough, sketching predatory animals and smoking marijuana. Um, like she's, I mean, it shows a whole bunch of her pictures and paintings and stuff like that too, throughout this little sequence. It's kind of cool. And then, uh, Red returns home and Mandy and, uh, Mandy and him talk about planets and stars, as well as the Marvel character Galacticus, because he changes his mind to that being his favorite planet. He goes, that's not a planet, but he's planets. Nom, nom, nom. It's a, I'm, yeah, that was cheesy, but okay. <laughs> but anyway, they're, um, Shown in a montage of shows, a beautiful lake, a boat, and then uh, looking for each other through the fire and at each other. And when they first get to meet each other and almost as if they know something terrible awaits them. Uh, man, many then wanders into the woods and finds a dead fawn and then cries. And then, you know, symbolizing the death of the innocents. Uh, Mandy tells Reds at the time when she was younger and was peer pressured into killing a starling by her dad. It's a, kind of a creepy story. He makes, he brings, they love the starlings and she used to watch them all the time and her dad didn't like them. Got a ba- bunch of baby starlings and a crowbar and killed one of them, driving it into the ground and then uh, handed the crowbar to the kids and had them take turns killing the rest of them. And she ran away instead of actually killing it. But uh, she, she had to watch all the rest of them. So that's a messed up childhood right there. So, and then she's she's reading this dark fantasy novel and then Mandy begins to fear some evil is happening to her. Uh, On the road, she passes a truck with a passenger, passenger Jeremiah Sand. And uh, he's eyeing her really kind of creepily as he goes by and she notices it. But, you know, it just keeps going. Well, Jeremiah becomes obsessed with this Mandy just because he saw her the one time. And in his little cult of acolytes, he actually tells them he needs Mandy, including the jealous older woman who obviously thinks she's like his right hand woman. Um, Later on, that'll actually come out. You kind of see this coming ahead of time. And uh, Brother Swan and Lucy, the apostles of sand uh, of sand, call upon a team of satanic deformed bikers. Uh, Swan gives them a jug of hideous LSD which they take and demand for another sacrifice, stating blood for blood. And they give him one of the, um, the it was, you already knew this because Jeremiah said they were going to gonna offer him up, but the chubby guy that they had recruited. So one of their own and uh, they kill him. And then uh, Mandy's kidnapped by Sans apostles and a whore named Marlene among them. And they drug Mandy uh, with putting like the LSD drops in her eye as well as stab her with this weird, like huge hornet looking thing on her neck that the uh, old lady calls some mar- spot of something. She makes some kind of weird reference to it, you know, cause they're all high. Anyhow, Marlene uh, being the woman, older woman 
And yeah, Sting's going to throw the giant wasp, calling it the cherry on top. That's what it is. This is my notes. Um, and uh, Delirious Mandy is brought before Sand, and Sand explains he's a was a failed musician who found God and a religious cult before exposing himself to her. And he's like this long drawn out thing. He explains the whole situation and tries to be all like, you know, I, I, I God told me that everything I want is mine, and that's the way it should be, basically. Well, I expose herself to it. Yes, you do see frontal nudity right here. Um, but she starts laughing hysterically at him and raging sand and telling he gets mad, starts yelling at his own followers. He couldn't believe that he was being rejected in this way that she was actually laughing at him. And then uh, sand brings his sister Lucy before Red, so uh, Red, uh, who is captured and tied up in barbed wire and literally makes her play Russian roulette with herself and shoot her, try to shoot herself in the head, which she does but you could tell she was hesitant because he seeks to demonstrate lucy's love for sand and forcing her to shoot herself in the temple with a after spinning the bear uh spinning the revolver and with one bullet in it swan then becomes uh comes and presents red with a blade this looks almost kind of like you know presents him with some name to it but it's just this like you know satanic looking like black painted like shard looking blade big one and then uh then when he presents him with a blade and he calls it the soulless pig and then he stabs the middle blade in the gut, which goes in quite deep up into the rib cage. So and Red screams in horror and pulls himself free of the, uh, of the bonds after, you know, they drag out Mary in a bag, douse her in gasoline and light her on fire. And, you know, she's already gone by the time he is able to pull himself free. He slips free of the bonds because of the blood on his wrist. But uh, yeah, he uh, had to watch his uh, wife just flail and burned to a crisp to the point where he actually picked up her skull and then it collapsed in his hand because it was uh, all charred. So pretty rough. But then uh, she was put in like a sleeping bag and then lit on fire. And then uh, Red screams and pulls himself in the bonds. And then he, Red returns home and he watches a bizarre trailer of Cheddar Goblin, which is like a weird commercial for macaroni and cheese, like extra cheese because it's a Cheddar Goblin. It was a really strange commercial. commercial. But he uh, falls asleep and has an animated nightmare before awakening, having an emotional breakdown. He goes back to his friend's place, a camp, place in a camper. And his friend is uh, the one of the guys, the guy that dies under the log in uh, Predator movie, is the actor. And then uh, tells Red that the satanic biker gang is called the Black Skulls, who came became deformed after they taking some terrible LSD that made them really hideous. Unfortunately, it also makes them enjoy pain and suffering they including their own they don't care about their own pain they'll actually laugh it off now then red forges this axe he like pours this axe into a mold from heating it from a crucible like you get with a propane crucible so i'm feeling a few issues here but that's okay try not to take things literally but he makes this cool looking axe anyway it's uh spiked on one end on the, the hilt and it's got the uh cool Two different types of blades, like a regular axe and a, like a pointy back end. Good size. It'll cover your whole back when he has it thrown over his shoulder. And then he goes after the biker gang. He shoots uh, one of the bikers with a crossbow before ramming him with the truck with his car, running him over. But when he runs him with, uh, with the, his vehicle, like a suburban vehicle or whatever it was, he literally launches him up in the air. Like this guy like was pretty solid. <laughs> he launched the car and it flipped and he falls unconscious from a collision. And awakens in the Black Skull's lair, 
and his left hand is nailed to the floor and his right hand's like cuffed to a uh, pipe, like literally nailed with a good size nail. And he's beaten by, uh, by a black skull guard, uh, before gaining the upper hand, but when he gets the, breaks one of the pipe free and beats him to death, beats the black skull to death with it. And then gets a box cutter and body armor uh, and puts it on before investigating the place. He finds a dead elderly couple, obviously victims of the biker game gang. And then he enters the room, seeing the black skull watching pornography and snorting cocaine. Like this is something else, but you, here you go. You got your first, you know, your second set of titties actually. And then red attacks and, Skull attacks attacks his black skull and slits his throat with a box cutter. After a brief scuffle, the black skull, blood drenched on his face, red laughing maniacally. He's then attacked by another black skull who enters a room with a shotgun. Red attacks him and snaps his neck, getting caught up in the joy of the violence. Yeah, I mean, he's really losing it. He rewards himself by snorting a bunch of cocaine left on a broken shard of glass and then notices a jug of LSD, like the, the really bad LSD that they get, that hideous LSD that they've been drinking and takes a small taste of it out of the curiosity. He sees bizarre apocalyptic nightmares scenes before coming to his senses. Uh, yeah, he just like trips out. Then Red exits the lair, killing the remaining Black Skull with his axe. And then uh, just, yeah, it's a, it fight. Actually, he's, um, this is a messed up scene too. She's still burning to the enraged... Uh, Red hacks him in pieces, setting him on fire, setting the guy on fire after he, uh, yeah, that was one hell of a fight. He gets shot, shoots him with a crossbow first in the neck, and the thing, the guy just pulls it through his neck, and like it's nothing, just stands there and waits for Red to get over to him. Pretty insane, actually. Red approaches a nearby tower, he meets the chemist who made the LSD, which deformed the biker game. The chemist has a pet tiger, Red frees in a cage after the chemist, well, Red technically just looks at him never says a word and the guy like almost telepathically knows the information to let him loose and tells red to head north to find the sands lair red catches up a lucian swan kills swan by impaling him through the mouth with the blade handle of his axe the pointy end there and he leaves lucy realizing she's a mere puppet of sand and no threat to him uh, his sister the one that you know sand forced to try and shoot herself she actually had one tear go down her cheek when she saw the guy die, but she's like didn't even respond or try to come toward him or nothing. He, she just probably felt a little relief. He nears the lair of the sand, converted a converted uh, satanic church where he kills Sand's attacking apostles with his axe and chainsaw. The chainsaw scenes like okay, so he picks up a chainsaw. He's trying to get started, trying to get started. He um and he can't get started. And this other guy that he's walking up on sees him grabs another chainsaw, pulls it in one rip, gets it started, but it has like a 48-inch bar on it compared to Nicolas Cage's like 16 to 20-inch bar. And it's quite the fight scene. And uh, in the end, the guy, uh, he winds up looking like he's going to lose, but the big chainsaw is on the ground, but he manages to knock the other guy down with a chain wrapping around him, pulling him down on uh, the other running chainsaw, the big one. And it just like literally guts him. I like that scene. So that's why I don't point it out. He enters a church where Mar- with uh, Marlene, who offers her services to him, like says, oh, you obviously have dark power in you and I will suck your dick. And all this uh, is really fucked up. Uh, I have in the way she can read body movements and she's perfect at it. And it's like, wow, she's coming on to him hardcore. Red instead decapitates her and taunts Jeremiah Sand with her severed head by tossing it in a room where he's, I guess, kind of tripping and praying. 
Sand at first declares it is protected by God and will not be hurt by red. But then he whimpers and beds for mercy and drops to his knees and also offers to suck red's dick. Instead, red seizes him by a head and literally like crushes his skull. And as he's, and it's just, it's, it's messed up. But literally, yeah, Sand actually offered to suck his dick. It was messed up. And then he tells Sand, I'm your God now. And his skull, cra- and his skull cracks and his head it turns into jelly before, and the church is burning. He enters uh, the car and drives off, imagining that he and he's seeing Mandy in the passenger seat. He's like tripping balls still. And sees Mandy in a passenger seat and smiles, but he's driving like this really fast speed down this windy road, <laughs> turned sideways, looking at his passenger seat, where there's not really a person. So I don't know if he got another car wreck or not here, here but it didn't show it. But it's like, uh, yeah, it, it reveals that Red is a bizarre, bloodthirsty um, state of deformity in reality, obviously deformed by his revenge quest in the LSD and his hallucination of Mandy as he drives off and revealing the world he's now he himself is a bizarre infernal madness that is not that is not our own. And the credits are red text on a black screen and is mute where there's no background music to be heard. It just goes silent, like completely silent, which is unusual. You usually always have music in the outro. It wasn't one. No extra clip scene. I was waiting for it. I watched all the way to the end. Usually we get one of these little clips in the uh, in the outro credits, but there was nothing. Apparently he's just a nutball now. But that's what I got. And before I give give my thoughts, Orlando, do we have anything on this one? Uh, yeah, we got. Uh, let's see. Rotten Tomato gave it a ninety percent with an audience score of sixty seven. Google gave it a seventy five. This movie had a budget of six million, but only made one point seven million in the box office. So, but uh, when it comes to my overall thoughts. The first thing I noticed and did not like was the extremely long intro. It was not needed at all, so I had to, of course, skip right through it. And since we were watching this on Pluto, I, of course, as soon as I skipped it, I got fucking ads. But anyways, an okay horror action movie, but could have used some work to make it a little bit better. I hated the flashing lights when the demon things and the cult members kidnapped Mandy. Speaking of the cult members... Why the hell were their eyes so dark when the two of them, plus the leader, walked up to the red character? It really didn't explain it that much. It could have been the drugs that they were doing. I don't know. As for blood and gore, great amount of blood in this one. Gore factor was there as well, with all the fight scenes and the death that you get. I did love how Nick Cage loses it in the bathroom after he drinks and douses himself in vodka. Kind of gave me a bit of a chuckle. I love the fight scenes that Nick Cage did against the demons or whatever they're supposed to be. I also loved how he took a huge thing of coke after snapping the neck of that one that we thought he killed. But it ended up showing up after he killed the first thing. His axe that he made was pretty fucking badass. I mean, I'm pretty sure Tim can agree with that. I found it funny as fuck when he finds a cigarette and relights it with the burning head of that fucking thing that he just killed. The only thing I really didn't like, other than the long intro, was the reason of him le- was the reason of him letting that young girl go. Plus, the ending was kind of vague to me. So, with that being said, I gave this one an actual rating of three point seven, which is a first for me. So, what about you, there, Tim? Yeah, it um was a uh, it was slow. 
I mean, if anything, there's a lot in the beginning, especially before it gets to anything that really didn't need to be there. I'm, that for me, I mean, I get they're trying to build up the characters, but I think they went a little overboard in that. And this is definitely made like a, a special way. This is not your typical movie. This is it's going to be one that some people will love for the genre, the way it's filmed and others will hate. It's not for everyone, but it, the ones that will love it will love it. And it's uh, yeah, there's some good killing scenes. Yeah, he does kind of lose it. it. Reminded me a little bit of that one where he played the alcoholic movie when he was there dousing it. But like in pain because where he was putting it on his cut where he got stabbed and uh, his wrist and everything. Yeah, it was pretty insane and intense. Everything was pretty intense. Uh, once at that point, it just went intense. It's like someone turned an on switch on and that was it. It was nothing but just nonstop action from then on out. At that point, like if you're going to watch this and you want to skip some of it, you could skip to there if you know the background enough. Just go there and you'll love the movie. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was pretty badass. Yeah, the axe was awesome. Uh, the crossbow was a weird choice of weapon, but still, whatever. It was kind of cool. Um, that scene where he shot the guy and the guy just flicked that arrow right out of his neck like it was nothing. Just stood there. Didn't even turn around and face him. Just stood there and waited for him to get closer. It's like, Wow. Okay, I'd be a little nervous at this point. <laughs> walking up on this guy at that point. This guy just got an arrow through his neck and pulled it the rest of the way through and just stood there and didn't care. Didn't slow him down at all. Yeah, pretty badass movie. Um, you know, it's not based on a reality situation. So just enjoy it. I actually gave it four skulls because I actually kind of think it was, for what it was, it was very interesting. I think those people that really like the niche horror, if you're looking for blood and gore, a little nudity, male or female, it's all there. So, yeah, that, that was a surprise, too. I think this might be our first movie with male nudity. Pretty sure. Yeah. I wasn't seeing that coming. But, uh, yeah. But, yeah, that's where I'm at with this one. Yeah. The only other thing that I don't like about this movie is that it's over two fucking hours long, especially if you're watching it on Pluto TV. If you're watching it on, like, DVD or or anywhere else, then it will be two hours and one minute long. But for us, when... We were watching it. It was like two hours and 20 minutes long, plus all the commercials were added on. That's where the 20 minutes came from, was all the commercials from Pluto. So, But other than that, I think that'll be it for this one. And now we will go with my movie, which again is Willy's Wonderland from 2021. So this movie starts out with a guy when his vehicle breaks down outside of Halesville, Nevada, a quiet drifter is picked up by the town's mechanic, whose name is Jed Love, dumb name, who takes him to Willie's Wonderland, a once successful abandoned family entertainment center, basically like a Chuck E. Cheese or a Five Nights at Freddy's type of thing. The owner named Tex, or Tex, offers him to work as a night shift janitor in exchange for repairing his vehicle before he and Jed leave him locked in the restaurant. Meanwhile, teenager Liv gets handcuffed by her guardian, the town's sheriff Lund, or Lund, I don't know, due to her previous attempts at burning the building. When the sheriff leaves after handcuffing Liv to like a pipe or something inside a trailer, Liv's friends Chris, Kathy, Aaron, Bob, and Dan come and release her. As the janitor begins his duties, the restaurant's now wittered eight animatronic mascots, Willy Weasel, Artie Alligator, Cammy Camlin, or Cammy the the 
lizard, I guess. Ozzy the Ostrich, Nighty Knight, who's a knight for those that aren't getting it. Tito Turtle, Gus Gorilla, and Sierra Sarah are revealed to be alive and homicidal. Ozzy is the first to attack the janitor who beats Ozzy to death with a mop. While her friends douse a place with gasoline, Liv enters the restaurant through the vents to get the janitor out. Meanwhile, the janitor is attacked by Gus the gorilla in the restroom and kills him by curve stopping his face into a urinal. In the vents, Artie chases Liv, but she escapes into a fairy-themed room where Sarah kidnaps her. Liv manages to fend off Sarah and encounters the janitor, who ignores her warnings about the animatronics and refuses to leave. Outside of the restaurant, Liv's friends climb to the roof, which collapses, causing them to fall into the building. While the janitor cleans the kitchen, Liv explains that Willie's Wonderland was originally owned by Jerry Robert Willis, a notorious serial killer. With seven colleagues, he often murdered unexpecting families, but the authorities eventually discovered them. They committed a satanic ritual to transfer their souls into the animatronics before committing suicide. When Liv finishes, several animatronics awaken and attack the group. In the ensuing chaos, Nighty Knight impales Aaron with his sword. Tito and Sarah devour Dan alive. Artie mauls Kathy and Bob to death in the party room. With Liv standing in awe, the janitor decapitates the knight and breaks Artie's jaws, killing them both. As Cammy stalks him in the arcade, Chris calls the sheriff for help. She goes with a deputy sheriff named Evan Olson. Upon learning that Liv is there, on the way, the sheriff reveals to Evan that after Willie's Wonderland was shut down, the animatronics continued murdering people around the town until she, Tex, and Jed made a deal with them. Over the years, they tricked random people into cleaning up the building, offering them as sacrifices in order to stop the animatronics' killing spree. Liv's parents were among the victims, and a guilty sheriff adopted her. When the janitor and Liv arrive at the arcade, Cammy snaps Chris's neck, killing him. They subdue her and attempt to leave before Sheriff and Evan stop them. The sheriff handcuffs the janitor and leaves him to die as Evan takes Liv away. While driving back, Evan is attacked and killed by a stowaway Tito while Liv escapes. In the restaurant, the janitor subdues Sarah, twists Cammy's head, killing her. Enraged, the sheriff tries to lure Willie to kill the janitor, only for Willie to tear off her in half. Willie and the janitor fight each other until the janitor rips off Willie's head. The next morning, Tex and Jed return to the building and find it completely clean with the animatronics missing. The janitor retrieves his repaired vehicle and invites Liv to accompany him. While Tex and Jed discuss planning on reopening Willie's Wonderland, Sarah suddenly appears and sets the car on fire with gasoline. All three are killed in the massive explosion that also destroys the entire restaurant. As the sun rises, the janitor and Liv drive out of the town, running into and killing a wandering Tito along the way. And uh, yeah, that's about it. 
for the movie, um, when it comes to Rotten Tomato scores and everything, they gave it a 60%, which I totally disagree with. Audience score, 68. Again, I disagree with that. Google gave it an 81. That's fine. This mo- movie had a budget of $5 million, but it only made a little over 4000 or Yeah, a little over 450000 which kind of sucks. <laughs> but uh, when it comes to my overall thoughts, like I said already, it gave that five net five nights at freddy's vibe which i loved and for those that don't know what that is it's a popular horror game it's like a jump scare type of video game they made like i don't know how many of them and mock games and stuff anyways i liked how nicholas cage didn't say shit through the whole movie that's one thing that might not go well with some people that he didn't have any lines the only noise you hear from him is the grunting and stuff when he's killing all these animatronics I also liked how this all started because of a group of psycho killers killed themselves in a popular piece of place for kids and their souls got taken over by these animatronics. Not really a blood and gore fest, really, in my opinion, but of what you get is still watchable. This too is an action horror type of movie, so amazing action against these fucking things, for sure. The way he kills them all, love it. Kind of dumb on how the kids of the town are trying to help his Nicolas Cage's character, but most of them end up being killed. I also liked how his character was tricked into working at this place in order to please the robots and keep them from killing the townspeople, but also, but those who trick him end up being killed anyways. The overall ending and the movie was great, and I would definitely watch this again. I mean, this is my second time watching it. Plus, I would love to put this in my DVD collection. So with that being said, I gave this one a rating of five skulls. How about you, dear Tim? Yeah, I, I, um, I have to give him credit for keeping whatever sanity he had. And I say whatever because his character seemed a little bit off. There's <laughs> many times he had to clean the same things over and over and over and over again because of those friggin' animatronics kept getting blood and their their own like oil blood, oil blood gut stuff whatever you want to call it all over everything so yeah that alone is worth a good rating um it's a weird movie and he says not a word i don't know if he got paid extra or less for that but it was kind of weird but uh yeah overall it was a pretty good movie as a once it started getting action it was just action all the way through so messed up town town you don't want to go visit guaranteed even after all that, you don't want to visit that town, especially considering the fact that I think the uh, the female thing, that little fairy thing, survived. I'm pretty sure. I don't. I, it didn't actually show it die; just show it blow away from the car. So that thing, yeah. Well, still it says out there. Well, it says right in the notes that it died. So, but uh, yeah. So yeah, I gave it a four and a half skull rating. Not quite a five because it was a little bit light on the gore compared to some of the movies we watched. But I thought it was a much smoother watch from beginning to end than the other movie by far uh, the other one had good blood guts and gore and everything else but it was just so drawn out that it just kind of took away from it this one here is much better watch so yeah oh yeah four and a half skills yeah i totally agree i mean at least my movie wasn't two fucking hours long but anyways um i think that'll wrap it up for this episode so as always if you have any movie suggestions you can always email us at what in the horror podcast at gmail.com or you can hit us up on our Twitter. That's what in the horror podcast, all one word. We also have a Discord still up 
for the time being. But as always, I've been Lando. And I've been Tim. And we are the fuck out of here. You were listening to What in the Whore. See you next time. <laughs>